You're listening to Chen Podcast. Don't forget to share and leave a review. My prayer is that you are always blessed and edified by what you hear, exhorting you to meditate on the beauty of God. Welcome back to another episode of Hen Podcast. I'm your host, Deandra, and these next three episodes, we're going to be going through a series um, basically talking about who is God. Of course, the thinking Christian, um, the maturing Christian knows who God is, but it's always a delight to go through the scriptures um, because they are God's self-revelation of who he is um, to really get who is God. So these next um, few episodes, these next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the nature of God, the character of God, and the works of God. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the nature of God. Who is God? What is What are some of his qualities? The way I want you to think about the nature of God is the way that you think about our nature. We are humans, right? But God is not. Um, so when we're talking about that, like being such as um, a nature, that's what we're talking about when we um, meet talk about the nature of God. So the nature of God is very different from the character of God. We know that um, Exodus 34 tells us of the character of God, but the actual nature of God um, is when it talks about how God is one or where it talks about how God is immutable, um, and etc. So we're going to be talking about some of God's qualities of his nature. But first, let's look at God's own biography of who he is in Exodus 34, because we're going to be using this for the next few weeks. Here's Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through 7. It says, The Lord passed before him, meaning Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Here God addresses himself by his name, the Lord, the Lord, meaning Yahweh. That is God's name. And he says that he himself is merciful. He is gracious. He is slow to anger or he is forbearing or another word is um, he is long-tempered as opposed to short-tempered. He is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness or loving kindness and truth is another version. He keeps steadfast love for thousands which far outweighs the number of those who he is visiting with the iniquity of their fathers um he forgives iniquity he forgives transgression he forgives sin um but yet he is also just by no means clearing the guilty um so it's amazing because Jesus became guilty for us, so we are forgiven of our iniquities, transgressions, and sins. So here in Exodus 34, God revealed himself to Moses by his personal name, Yahweh, but here it is translated Lord with capital letters. So who is God? God is the one who is. This is what Yahweh means. He is the great I am who is self-existent. He is changeless or immutable. And all things exist through him. God is the creator and ruler of all. This is why he is sovereign. He has the right to be. God tells us also that he is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, or slow to anger, full of goodness and truth, or faithfulness and truth, or steadfast love and faithfulness. God is the supreme being, the creator and ruler of all that is. He is the self-existent one who was perfect in power, perfect in goodness, and perfect in wisdom. 
but today we're specifically going to talk about God's nature. So first things first, why do we even need to know God? Why do we need to know God's nature? Why do we need to know God's character? Why do we need to know his works? Here's Deuteronomy 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Jesus taught this in Matthew 22 that this was the first and greatest commandment. Deuteronomy 6.5 is the words of the Lord himself. And we are told to love God with all of our being, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. So then the question becomes, how can we love God with all of our mind? Um, I remember in one of my first episodes um, of starting this podcast, we talked about growing in love for God. And we discovered that to know God is to love him. To love him is to know him. So the more that we know God, the more that we will love him the more we know him the more we love him and so fulfill the command um, of god to love him with all of our heart soul and might or our mind here's a quote from rc Sproul: if i want to love god i need to know him more deeply and the more i search the scriptures and the more i focus my mind's attention on who god is and what he does the more my soul breaks out in flames it is knowing god more deeply it is searching the scriptures and focusing our mind on who god is that ignites that fire within our soul to truly love him as he has commanded so that's why we need to know the nature of god we want to study god who god is we want to know him um so that we may love him but also so that we may be imitators of him ephesians 5 1 says therefore be imitators of god as beloved children scripture tells us to be imitators of god we are predestined to be conformed into the image of his son i believe the romans 8 29 testifies of that we are to be holy we are to be merciful we are to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect the scriptures say that multiple times but how can we imitate him how can we do those things if we're not getting in the scriptures to actually see how god um, acts these out or how god actually is so we must be in the scriptures not only to love him the way he has commanded in the way that he deserves not only to worship him in spirit and truth but also to be an imitator of him um, and here's a other a few other scriptures um, as to why we should know god um, peter tells us in second peter three eighteen that we should grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ and we know that he is one with the father we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of them um and then john 17 3 jesus literally says and this is eternal life that they know you the only true god in jesus christ whom you have sent to know the father to know the son to know the godhead to know him is eternal life that is why it's so important for us to to study the attributes study the nature study the character study the works of god so that we may grow in love for him so let's talk about the nature of god the first thing we want to look at is his essence god is spirit John 4 24 says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth Jesus tells us that God is spirit this is one of the first things you must understand about the nature of God he is not like a man he does not have a human body he is spirit and therefore we must worship him in spirit and truth God is spirit this means that he is not like us he does not have a human body though God the son Jesus came to earth in human form God the father did not this is good news because it means that we can trust God. He does not lie and he does not change his man, his mind like men do. Um, so we can trust that his promises are sure and trustworthy because he is not like us. 
Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? This is why we should not push the attributes of man onto God. We are faulty. We are sinful. We back out of promises all the time. But God is not like a man. He doesn't change his mind and he does not lie. This also means that God is invisible, um, meaning that God is spirit. And Colossians 1.15 tells us of that. This is key to understanding God's infiniteness and his omnipresence. God is spirit. We must worship him accurately in truth and in spirit with our soul or heart. Let's look at the next part of God's nature. He is one. God is one. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, and then the rest says that we must love him with all of our heart, soul, and strength. Um, but the Hebrew one for the Hebrew word for one here is ikad. It means unity. It does not mean singularity. And a lot of people use the scripture to say that um, God is not three in one because he says the Lord is one. But this one here means unity. And it's used the same way in Genesis 2.24 where it says a husband and wife are one. So to say that God is one is to say that there is only one God who created the heavens of and the earth god is one who exists in three persons these three persons are united in the godhead given that one means unity and not singularity the doctrine of trinity does not contradict deuteronomy 6 4 or 6 5 so we know that god is one and he exists in three persons the father the son and the spirit let's look at the ne next part of god's nature god is infinite to say that god is infinite means that he exists outside of time and space he is not limited by them when we refer to god as infinite we are referring to his omnipresence his omnipotence um and his omniscience so let's look at what it means um what, that god is omniscient god is omnipotent that god is um god is omnipresent so god is omnipresent it means that god is always present Listen to this Psalm of David, Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take up the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. There is no place we can go to escape God's presence. He is present at every point in time and space. His infinite presence establishes that he is eternal. He has always existed and he will always exist. Before time began, God was. Before the world or even matter itself was created, God was. What does it mean that God is omniscient? First John 3.20 says, for, where, for, where, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. This means that God is all-knowing. He has unlimited knowledge and it is his infinite knowledge that qualifies him as sovereign ruler and judge over all things. Nothing takes God by surprise and no one can hide sin from him. What does it mean that God is omnipotent? Well, let's look at Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that pleases. Now, this also kind of testifies of his sovereignty. R.C. Sproul says, Only God in all of reality has all power. God being omnipotent means that he is all-powerful. He has unlimited and infinite power. The significance of this is that it is established 
God's ability to carry out his sovereign will. Since he is omnipotent, nothing can stop his decreed will from happening, and nothing can thwart or stop his divine purposes from being fulfilled. Um, This is really an awesome part of God to me, because God being omnipotent, and having all power he does not use power in the way a human would and this all goes back to the, the fact that god is not a man he doesn't think like us he's not a liar he always tells the truth and he does not change with all this power what does god do he loves us and he decides to redeem mankind he is not selfish he is meek the true definition of meek um and christ is the same and we are to believe that the godhead they share um in their qualities what does it mean that God is sovereign? Um, a part of God's nature is that he is sovereign. God is sovereign means that he has power, wisdom, authority, and the right to do anything he chooses within his creation. Why? Because we are just the clay pots and he is the potter. He created us. He has the power, wisdom, and authority and right to do anything that he chooses with us. Yet he is still so graceful in the way that he deals with us considering the way we have sinned against him. He is absolute in his authority and unrestricted in his supremacy. He is in complete control of all things and he decrees all things that come to pass. How do we know this? Psalm 135, 6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the sea and all depths. What does it mean that God is transcendent? It means that God is exceedingly far above creation and is both greater than creation and independent of it. What this means is that God is so infinitely above and beyond us in our ability to fully comprehend that He, had he not revealed himself, we would not know or understand what he is like. And this is amazing to me, the fact that God is transcendent, but yet he is very intimately close to us and he even has given us his spirit to dwell within us. So in this way, we have God's imminence, but also his transcendence. Um, and his transcendence causes us to revere him, but also the intimacy allows us to have a close and close relationship with him um, as he desires so what does it mean that god is immutable malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says for i the lord do not change therefore you the sons of jacob have not come to an end other versions said therefore you sons of jacob have not been consumed um the fact that god is immutable a test of his trustworthiness god is unchanging over time he does not change who he is never changes his attributes his nature um they are the same from the beginning of time into eternity his character never changes his plans do not change his promises do not change this is super significant because it means that we can trust him we can trust that what he said his promises are true and everything that he says that he's going to do he's going to do everything that he said he would do he has already done um so it's so important for us to understand all of this so looking back we have looked at god's nature we have looked at his him being immutable his transcendence his sovereignty his omnipotence his omniscience his omnipresence his infiniteness his oneness and him being spirit and looking at all of this of the nature of god i pray that it would lead us to truly worship him in spirit and truth and may it direct the way we worship him and how we share him with others in his mercy god has condescended to reveal his qualities to us it is a beautiful gift that we should actually delight in to know him so that we may love him 
God exists everywhere. He knows everything and he has all power and authority. He is one, he is spirit, and yet given all of this, these wonderful things about his nature, he is our father. Um, so I pray that you will study the, the nature of God as attested in the scriptures and even go back and get the scriptures um, that I shared for you. Actually, I will quickly share all the scriptures that I spoke of today. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, Psalms chapter 135 verse 6, Psalm chapter 115 verse 3, 1 John 3 20, Psalm 139 verses 7 through 10, Deuteronomy 6 4 through 5, Numbers 23 verses 19, John chapter 4 verse 24, John chapter 17 verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, and Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. I pray that hearing about the nature of God has caused your heart to be burst in flames um, for love for him and appreciation and honor and reverence for him. So I pray that you all enjoyed this episode. I love you and I'll see you in the next episode. Grace, peace, and love.